The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today on Crawl Call, it's an hour of Crawl Call Potpourri. That's right, for the next hour, we will be talking about anything and everything from current events to politics to television and anything and everything in between with special guest Richard Sims. And today, there'll even be a special opportunity for you to call in and be part of the show. So that's what's coming up today on Crawl Call. Welcome to another episode of Kroll Call. I am your host, Dan Kroll. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is the 6th of November. It is pitch black here on the East Coast, and it's only 6.02 p.m. I don't know where you are, but I hope that you are having a great day. Again, I want to thank you for joining us because, you know, it has been, if you have been following me on the Twitter at Dan J. Kroller on my Facebook page, it has been... Uh, an adventure. I, I moved. I'm sure you're probably tired of hearing about me talking about moving to Kroll Manor, but we're going to be talking about that in the course of this hour, so you'll have to put up with it for a little bit longer. But it has been an adventure moving from Philadelphia to not being in Philadelphia, learning a lot of things. There's uh, When you own your own house, there's a lot of things that you have to do that you take for granted when you live in a city, like raking leaves and I will say that in the course of inspecting the house, uh, we found in the chimney the remnants of something, something uh, crispy. We don't know what it is. We'll have to find out. Um, But my guess is that it is our guest this hour. He is a friend to the show. He's been here many times before. He has been living in my chimney. He is Richard Sims. Richard, why are you in the chimney if I could fit in your chimney, <laughs> let me tell you, I would actually be a happy person if I could fit in the chimney. That was always one of the big mysteries to me when Christmas rolled around. You know, that's when I knew early on that Santa might not be quite as real as I was told. Because I'm like, I've seen him. I've seen the chimney. Do the math. This isn't, this isn't happening. But Spoiler I have a question alert. for you. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Dan. Okay. When you were looking to expand your, you know, your universe, you were looking to make Soap Central and Crow Call bigger and, and, and get more access and make it a more powerful source on the web, where did you turn? <laughs> well, that's interesting that you uh, have that question. I turned to, uh, it's actually, it's a long version of the story, but I turned to NTT. It's the company that hosts all of my wonderful internet presence. And you may, Richard, 
You may have seen a little uh, snippet of a, of a video of a little promotional uh, spot that I recorded for them at Old Kroll Manor. It's somewhere out on the web. It's, you know, going viral and all sorts of stuff. And it features... I know. Appearance. I saw that it's, it's, had, it's had 96 views so far. You're like, you're like as big as that smoking baby. <laughs> and I'm probably just as bad for their health as the smoking baby. I like the shots where you're sitting at your computer, you know, with doing the thinker pose uh, and, and, and taking calls from, no doubt, listeners. It's, it's, it's really some of your finest work ever. And did you see what made a special cameo appearance in the video? Fiji water? And? I'm going to guess brownie brittle. Of course. There's some brownie of brittle course. on my desk. So, you know, hopefully that will... Uh, get me an extra bag of. of I was going to say now. Well, let's see. So far, we've done what three product placements? Uh, let's see. What else can we go for? Um, I don't have anything, unfortunately. Well, I will say what I do have in terms of product placement is, yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. Moved to this new house. We're calling it Kroll Manor. Uh, I was told by the previous owners that trick or treat is a really big deal. That on the Slow years, they have 100 people. On the busy year, they had as many as 500 kids coming asking for candy. Yeah, so I was, you know, racing around. That's one of the reasons that we did a rebroadcast last week is we had uh, trick-or-treat. We have it here the Friday before uh, Halloween. It's just, don't ask. It's just the way that it's been since the dawn of time. Anyway, I got my candy early because it was on sale. So I think I got it a week and a half early. And it was sitting here, and, you know, little by little, it ended up disappearing because <laughs> it was here. Um, and it was, you know, I don't eat a lot of candy, surprisingly. But as trick-or-treat started to roll around, I realized that I was down from two bags to one, okay, half. And I wanted to make sure that I had candy for the kids. So I went out and bought three more bags, counting on, you know, maybe 250 to 300 kids showing up. I got 20 kids that showed up. That's not good. Yeah. So now I have uh, bags. I will say it's it's 20 more kids than I had. But you don't probably even turn on your light. Of course we do. And I'm always prepared. You know, let me tell you a story. So Uh we... The day before Halloween, we were shooting for our new movie, which is called Skittles, even though it doesn't really involve Skittles. It's a bunch of shorts, skits. And we went, I, uh, Charlie had texted me. I was in the city the night before, and Charlie said, oh, go to the M&M store. We need green M&Ms. One of our actors had a rider that, that required green M&Ms at oh. craft services. So, yep, yes, I put out a lovely craft services table, and he needed M&Ms. And he, but he only wanted green M&M's. So I go to the M&M store and I get like this. Now, there may have been some drinking involved before I got to the <laughs> M&M store. But I get to the M&M store and I buy, you know, this, this giant bag of M&M's. Because at the M&M store, you can get just the color you want. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, someone somewhere is paid to like sit and pick out the colors, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, so I get home and I have this huge bag of M&M's. And I'm not kidding you. Okay, now in the store, this would probably cost... You know, maybe ten, twelve bucks at the M and M store because somebody had to individually sort out all the M and M's. I assume forty five dollars. I come home with forty five dollars worth of M and M's, and Charlie looks at me and says, um, "We needed thirteen M and M's." Literally, the writer for our actor said thirteen green M and M's. It was sort of a joke, and but but I had this huge bag of M and M's, and so I vowed that if kids knocked out the first kid that knocked on our door. 
I was hoping that there would be two kids. And the first kid, I would give one of the, like, you know, Reese's Pieces or whatever, because we had other candy around the house for Halloween. And the second kid was going to get all $45 worth of M&M's. And can you imagine those two kids? The first one being like, yay, I got, what the, you got, you know, like giving the second kid a, a gigantic, ginormous bag of M&M's and giving the first kid, like, a Jiffy Pop. <laughs> <laughs> I would have gotten egged. I would have gotten an egg. <laughs> hey, well, it's not such a bad thing. It's just like I said, here I am. I, I'm sitting with Snickers and Twix and Kit Kat and all sorts of stuff, and it's fine and it's great. But I feel like it's going to take me forever to get through the candy. And, you know, Richard, you have seen, um, you have not been here yet, but you have seen the Kroll Manor. Um, I have. <laughs> there's a lot of walking that gets done around here. There's a lot of, you know, raking leaves. So I suppose all of that work that will make it... Is that the rationale you're using? Are you, are you literally trying to use, uh, well, I now have a bigger house and I have to do more walking so I can eat all of the Halloween candy. Is that really what you're trying to do right now? I mean, you know, I mean, it's, sound, it it's exercise. It's I have a longer commute to my office now. It's a good... Yeah, it's 20 steps. <laughs> no, that was at the old house. Now it's a good better, 100 you, steps. All I'm going to say is if you're going to eat all that candy, you best get a Fitbit. And that Fitbit better be, you know, I don't know, supercharged and, and, and keeping track of all those steps and saying, okay, you've worked off one M&M. It'll be like the Amazing Race, where they're now tracking on the Fitbits. I think it's a Fitbit, uh, where they're tracking how many steps they they take. I mean, this is this is its own little Amazing Race right here, kind of. Maybe. Well, we always we always do. You know, for those of you who don't know, we usually we don't usually do it on Friday because we're both usually busy on Friday. But eventually, we both watch Amazing Race, and we always um, tweet it, and we do, and and we use the hashtag Imaginary Racers. And at every stop, we sort of like converse on Twitter. Okay, which one of us is going to do this? Okay, which one of us is going to do that? By the way, last week, uh, the the uh, I, I think I even just watching it, my heart stopped when they were doing the bungee jump. I don't know if I could do that. I mean, you, I could see you standing behind me, being like, "Oh, for the love of God!" and just kicking me in the butt and pushing me over the edge. <laughs> My fear is always it's, and this is I'm sure people will be upset by the comparison, but bungee jumping to me is a lot like anesthesia, where you know they ask you what do you weigh. That is not the time to lie about your weight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you say, oh, I'm good, oh, 140, when you're really, you know, 290 and or whatever. Um, my concern is that I would lie or I would be wrong or don't know what I weigh. And that extra couple of pounds that I'm off by is the difference between me hitting the bottom of the ground and, See, you know, flying back up to Mars. Is, my concern is that I would be honest, but the person before me would have lied. And just like in any, <laughs> in any good movie, the, rope, the, the, the bungee would have frayed but not snapped on them. And then I get up there and my honesty is repaid by, bam, smashing into the rocks. <laughs> Well, I mean that I don't know. It's not a it's not a good thing. Nobody wants to to think about splatting on the bungee cord, but it does sort of segue into some of for those of you who are listening, let, let's zap back here. We're going to be talking about some hot topics today. It's going to be pretty much a lot of stuff that Richard and I found during our scouring of the internet, they'll be all over the place. They're not going to be anywhere in one particular area. I know we'll be talking about politics. I know we'll be talking about uh, current events. I know we'll be talking about television, a whole bunch of, of weird things. And bourbon. Actually, we'll be talking about bourbon. 
We'll, uh, I guess we'll be talking about bourbon. Um, sure, why not? I don't know much about it, but we'll learn. It's, this is a learning and educational show. And we want you, if you are so inclined, to call in if you'd like to be part of our discussion. We will be taking maybe random callers throughout the hour uh, as we get to topics that you guys want to talk about. 866 Unless, of course, nobody calls, in which well, case we'll just be, you know, like talking well, to dead air. They're not going to call if you cut me off when I'm given the number. So it's 866-472-5788. You can call in if there's a topic that we're talking about that you want to be a part of. Or if there's a topic that you want us to discuss, you can either call in and be a part of the discussion and tell us. You can also tweet us at Kroll Call Show. It is now a registered trademark. That's kind of fun. So there's an R in a circle. <gasps> Congratulations. That's Thanks. a big move. It was you turn quite a year process. old, you get you get a little registration stuff going on. You're 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 making something of yourself, Dan. You're gonna make it after all. I, actually, you know what? Then I'm not gonna go and talk about what I wanted to talk about. We'll go to something else. We're sort of talking about transitioning and changing. So oh. there was in the most recent election in Houston, there was an LGBT ordinance that voters rejected. And from what we're getting uh, out of why people voted the way they are, it all comes down to one thing. And it came down to allowing transgender people to choose which toilets they want to use. And there were a lot of people who were opposed to it, coming up with signs and taking out ads that said, no men in women's bathrooms. And the ordinance failed, uh, or uh, I guess their thing, it was repealed. So... The question that I have, and this is, I'm sure people will flame on over this one, Richard. More, well, I think that this is a terrible move. I think that, you know, voters show that they don't know what they're talking about. The thing more than that that comes into it is that I think this is showing, and we see this on, on daytime. There is a, a storyline on The Bull and the Beautiful involving a transgender character, is that a lot of people don't really understand what it means to be transgender. I think there really are a lot of people, as those signs indicated, no men in the women's bathroom. You know, there's, whether it's lack of education, if it's, you know, it's a concept that people can't sort of wrap their head around, there are a lot of people who think that being transgender just means that you're a guy who likes to dress up like a woman. And that's not the case. And I don't know how you educate people. I don't know how you get to that point. Uh, I mean, this may be something that takes you know, years and years. I think it's a generational thing. I mean, I think if you look at, if you look at where, um, you know, whether, look at same-sex marriage. A decade ago, we never could have imagined that same-sex marriage would be something that would be, you know, basically kind of the law of the land. Um, and certainly 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it was impossible to imagine. And it's, it, and, 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 and that was, you know, that was a sort of a simpler concept to get, the every man to wrap their head around than is the concept of transgenderism. That's, you know, like you said, those signs point out a, a basic lack of understanding of what it is. But as with everything, it, it, you know, when you're talking about these kind of issues, it also comes down to sort of a fear, you know, um, because in this case, it's the fear that, uh, you know, that, that, your something sacred is being taken away from you. A a place is being violated. You know, oh, there's going to be women in the men's room and men in the women's room, and you know, it'll be raining dogs and cats. And it's 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 a fear, and it's and it's. I think that what will happen is over the next you know generation or so, 
we certainly see that each generation coming up is is more liberal than the one before and is sort of um, more accepting and tolerant of differences. And, and I think that's eventually what we'll see. Uh, but there will obviously, as this moves forward, you know, and, and it's weird because even, even just in the last few years, transgenderism has sort of really popped in yeah. the, in the, in the, in the cultural zeitgeist, you know, I mean, even before Caitlyn Jenner, even, you know, even before the Bold and the Beautiful's Maya, you know, it just, it seemed as if it was one of those things that, that sort of went from, you know, people knew about it and, you know, it was out there to, bam, it's everywhere, you yeah. know? And, and, and when that happens, whenever that happens, there is always a backlash, always. You know, um, you know, whether you look at interracial marriage, whether you look at, you know, immigration debates, whenever something scares people, whenever something is sort of suddenly everywhere, there is backlash to it, and that's what we're going to see. And let's face it, of all places where we would expect to see backlash, it's Texas. <laughs> you know, let's face it, Texas is, you know, this is, this is, Texas is a scary, scary state that has a lot of scary, scary laws on the books and is always trying to put scary laws on the books, um, you know, whether it's about being able to carry guns at school or, or whatever. So I guess if you're going to see a backlash somewhere, it is Texas. The nice thing is that, that when stories like this come out uh, about, uh, and, and with sort of a negative spin on them, it, it's a little bit comforting that, uh, you know, what seems like a vast majority of the country looks at Texas or wherever this happens. You know, it happens in other places, too, but we're using Texas as the example here. No, they we're not. Look at don't, Texas. don't put words in my mouth. This is why that woman I, at the top I'm, of the show says the views and opinions on this show may not, because now we have oh, lost Texas. My opinions are representative of myself only, but, okay, <laughs> I, because we, this story came out of Texas, the reaction that you saw among a lot of people was to look at Texas and be like, oh, come on, Texas, get with the times, you know? And there's a certain level of comfort in that, that in that, in that, um, that the general reaction is one of shaming, you know, as opposed to, yeah, go Texas. Hmm. Well, it, you know what? I'm not entirely sure. We do have a caller who wants to talk about something. We'll get there in a second. That's Mel. We'll be right there. But I have to say you, you hit on the fact that it's a generational thing, and I will say that I kind of agree with that. My grandmother has talked about it when we've been on the phone, and I, I may have mentioned this either to you or, or on the show before, but because this is a concept that she's really not familiar with and I'm sure really doesn't quite understand. She thinks the term is transgender after. <laughs> because so it she'll, started. <laughs> so she'll ask, you know, do you know a transgender? I'm like, and you know, you want to be like transgender, Nana, it me. And, but then I just stop and I'm like, yes, Nana. Yes, Nana. I've, I've met a transgender. Uh, that kind of thing. Um, not a good segue into our, our caller. I'm sorry, caller, but this is what happens when you call Crow Call. You never know. If you want to call in, 866-472-5788. We have, I believe, Mel from New York City. Mel, are you there? Hi. Hi. Hi, Richard. Hi, Dan. What's hey, going there. on? No, and I was listening. You know what? I would say I love, I'm loving the show, and, I, and Richard, you give wonderful shade, and it's such a beautiful little – I love your little banter. It's so beautiful the way you were saying that. I was going to ask Dan, too. 
I was going to say, Dan, you said your man. I said, is it like Chateau Charest? Is it like the people from Atlanta Housewives? You know, fabulous no. and all type of thing. My house, my house is actually finished. So, uh, oh, okay, oh. look at that. Ooh, okay. There's wow. some of that shade you were talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> yes, it was. Wow. No, I, I love the show. I'm really loving the show tonight. Um, well, I was going to say. Well, I was going to say. I didn't. I asked the producer. I didn't know what to bring up because I know you. You all both are very. You know, very seasoned when it comes to the soap world. Um, and I just had a little. Season, bone to does pick that mean was, we're old? Are you saying we're old? It means no, we're I'm not, spicy. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I think that you, know, you know. Again, how you use the word seasoned? Very. You know. You know, wonderful in that world. Um, but yeah, I was watching General Hospital, and it made this a little. Uh, you know, office, not maybe the biggest popular thing, you know, with the politics and everything like that. But I have a pet peeve with that show, and I know y'all probably know about it too, um, with the Jake storyline. And um, okay. the thing that I just, yeah, the thing that I'm just not liking about that is that I feel like the, the actors who play um, Sam and Jake, you know, they're dating and, and real life and, it's, and, you know, all the papers, stuff like that. I think that they have good chemistry. I think it's beneath the actress who plays Liz, who's been there for over 20 years. I love the lady who played Liz. To sort of be that, that piece to that, to that storyline, I just think that it feels so, I don't know, it just feels so weird. It, it feels boring. And I'm just happy it happened today that, you know, the people revealed it and all that stuff is happening. But um, I was wanting to know if y'all watched it today because it was tweeting and, and ABC was doing this thing. And I had to turn it there, too, just to watch it. I really don't watch, you know, it loyally, but I did hear about it that was going to be revealed today. Well, I mean, I did watch. I was live tweeting it. Um, I, I try and live tweet DH every day uh, when I can on Soaps and Dutch ABC. And... Um, um, I, I, you know, as far as the, you know, the personal relationships of the actors and how, you know, one character plays into that and all that, I mean, your job as an, as an actor is to act. You know, you play, there are people who, who have been married on shows who, who um, have to hate each other when they go to work. You know, they're married in real life, but on the show they hate each other. There have been people who hate each other in real life and are married on the show. You're an actor, that's what you do. As far as the storyline, I I love what is happening right now, and I like you know it was funny because everyone sort of assumed that um, you know that that this would all build to Jake getting his memory back on his wedding day, and they were sort of partially right in that Jake found out who he is, but uh, but what nobody really well, what a lot of fans failed to take into account is that there's a huge difference between knowing who he is and knowing his past and knowing you know sort of. It's not like just finding out that he's Jason. Suddenly, everything fell into place, and now I know I, you know, I know who I am, and I know what my place in the world is. In fact, if anything, it makes it a little more complicated because, yeah, he he will now know that he is, you know, Sam's husband and Danny's father, but that doesn't mean he remembers any of that. What he remembers is the last year when he's been, you know, in love with and ready to marry. Sam. So, of course, the big question becomes, do, do they go through with the wedding? Do he and Liz go through with the wedding? And what's the fallout on everybody else, including Patrick and Sam, who, you know, have this whole relationship of their own. They're engaged to get married. And here comes, you know, poor Patrick. He shouldn't even try and get married because every time he does, somebody Ever. comes back from the dead and, and ruins his life. <laughs> well, you know, that's, uh, before, that's a great segue into our next topic. Um, but I do want to ask before I do that, if you were a seasoning, as apparently the caller believes it were, you know, we're seasoned, what seasoning would you be, Richard? Oh, God. I would probably be... Rose- um, Rosemary? Thyme? 
No, I think I would be blackened seasoning. The stuff that you put on to make it spicy and then you throw it on the grill and it flames up and, you know, well, that doesn't sound good. Um, <laughs> I, just, I, I, think of myself as be, I think of myself as being very sort of spicy. I like to, you know, I, you know my opinions are not always loved, but I'm, I have, Charlie will tell me, Charlie tells me, and my best friend tells me all the time that I am not, a shrinking violet. I have very strong opinions and I will happily defend them. So yeah, I'm going to go with that. Interesting. And so, you? I don't know. I really do. I, I like rosemary. I like the, like the little fake Christmas trees that they make out of rosemary. That I, Anytime they're in the store this time of year, I'll go over and I'll rub them because I like the smell of rosemary. I know that's weird. Um, nobody wants to know that you're rubbing up on their rosemary in the store, okay? <laughs> nobody wants to know that. Suddenly we're talking two weeks ago with the woman in the Walmart bathroom with the sausage. Stop it. <laughs> Mine are all exterior feels. That doesn't All help. Right, moving actually. on. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> so, you know, with soaps, we mentioned there are even folks who have never seen an episode of any soap know that there are stories of folks coming back from the dead in a strange and possibly almost offensive bit of news that's come out. One of this season's Dancing with the Stars contestants, Bindi Irwin, <gasps> has been told that her contract, she is a minor, she is 17, she's been told by an L.A. Superior Court judge that her contract is not valid, and she needs to prove that her father, Steve Irwin, is in fact really dead. I have to tell you, I am sure that this is being framed in the sense of uh, being sensational. I'm sure there's some sort of legal asterisk that just says all you need to do is submit paperwork and you can be freed and bond, whatever, all that other stuff. Just the, the very thought of having to go into court because you're going over a contract and somebody's up there saying, hey, you know, I don't care that you're mourning the fact that your dad was killed in a freak sort of accident, but can you prove it? Can you show me that he's really dead? That, to me, just screams of all the things that are really wrong with our judicial system. Well, what I don't get is, um, he's been dead for a while, and she's 17. I, I don't remember exactly when he died, but it was a while back. It certainly was more than a year. Yeah, 2006. Okay so, okay, so clearly she has a guardian, so why isn't her legal guardian able to... Because it all comes down to she can't do the show unless they, you know, have parental approval or whatever, and of course she can't have parental approval because her dad's dead. But she clearly has a legal guardian who has been handling things for her. Why is this an issue? Why, don't, well, why can't the legal guardian just sign off? According to this, it says that uh, Bindi's mom, Terry, signed a form stating that she gives up all rights to any money that her daughter will make on Dancing with the Stars. But for whatever reason, the judge wants to make sure, I guess, that there's not another parental unit out there somewhere that may lay claim to it. To me, it's one of those things I get that there are always intricacies of law. For example, we talked about the trademark earlier for Kroll Call. I had to prove and submit uh, and sign under you know, uh, threat of perjury that I'm really Dan J. Kroll. Um, so I get that there are things like that. That's one thing. That's proving who I am, and that's a little annoying, but whatever. Uh, with this, having to prove that your dad isn't, I mean, if it's an 80-year-old, I can get it. You roll your eyes. This is a 17-year-old. If her, yeah, her dad I, died in I 2006, agree. it's I'm, almost 10 I years ago. This, I, 
I agree. When I heard about this, I just, it just made no sense to me on any level. You know, I, I just don't get it. Um, but my, you know, my legal story of the week, if we're going to call it something like that, um, is, is a little bit different. Um, it's about, it's about a woman named Lori Shepard from, I believe she is from Arkansas. Yes, she's from Arkansas. And so, you know, she had a baby who was teething and it wasn't going very well. And so she gave it some aspirin and it didn't stop crying. And then she gave the baby some, I don't know, Motrin or something. It didn't stop crying. So she called her mom and she asked for advice. And her mom, as many moms would say, <laughs> I know where this says, is going. take some bourbon and, and rub it on the baby's teeth. You know, that's a, that's a very old tried and true, you know, uh, uh, way to get the baby's teeth to stop hurting because it basically uh, numbs them. Well, instead, it appears that what this woman did was fill her baby's bottle with bourbon. <laughs> and the baby, of course, the baby, of course, passed out. Now, there are two things about this story that make it particularly interesting. When the police showed up, this woman was like, I don't know what's wrong with the baby. And then she tried to blame it on her young stepbrother, saying, well, I don't know. The baby was fine. I walked out of the room for five minutes. I came back, and his stepbrother was in here, and uh, I don't know. Maybe he dropped him on his head or something. But the even better thing is, in her, eventually, you know, they figured out what was wrong with the baby, you know, probably by sniffing it. And, and the best part is her mugshot she is literally in her mugshot wearing a T-shirt that reads, a nicer way to say, you're an idiot. That is what her T-shirt says in her mugshot. So there you go. I thought so, that was a... Is the moral of all of this, A, don't listen to your mom, and B, <laughs> always wear something nice that you would want to be police photographed in? Right. They say wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. But, well. you know, also be, be wary that, you know, what's on the outside counts, too. Now, I have to admit, I used to. One of my biggest fears in life has always been, and I'm dead serious about this, one of my biggest fears in life has always been um, someone commits a crime and they look enough like me that I am hauled into the police station and I can't prove where I was. Because, you know, I'm single. I spend a lot of my time alone. And so I used to always try and wear something distinctive. And if I was in a public place, I would, like, you know, try and either, like, if I'm in a bar, I would strike up a conversation with a bartender. I, wanted, I, would, I would literally establish alibis when I went out because I was terrified that I was going to get arrested. Because, you know, the, the, the only person who could possibly, who, who could even look a little bit like me committing a crime and me getting arrested for it is that guy who played Stanford on Sex in the City, you know? So, so, I don't know, maybe in my head I figured he was running around town committing crimes and I was going to get arrested for it. And so I needed to establish an alibi. But yeah, I, so so I used to always wear distinctive clothing for that I reason. I need to know this. Well, I do as well. But before we talk about my distinctive clothing, I want to know, what would the police scanner description so you said you know if someone looks sort of enough uh, like you so what would be coming over the police radio what would the description be you know bald glasses white male you know bald i, I mean i'm a i'm so generic i'm so like i mean i'm basically homer simpson or you know like there are there are millions of people who could literally be described as me so 
I don't, the good news is usually when they arrest people who on on like vague suspicion things like that, that person is running and they're like, oh, he's suspicious. I don't run very often, so you know the odds of them looking at me and oh, look, he's running. He's suspicious. Let's get him. No, I I, I more waddle places. So. <laughs> Oh, goodness. If you are a waddler or if you would like to tell us what your police description would be, feel free. You can call in 866-472-5788. We are doing the call in for this week only. So I know a lot of you are not used to that. You're not used to the number. You may not even be near your phone to be able to call in since you've gotten sort of groomed to that. But if you're around and you want to chat with us, feel free. You can. I know a lot of people have been suggesting topics that they want us to discuss. If you suggest one that I like, (laughs) we'll probably talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. We'll talk about all the stuff that you come up with. But I have a really bright orange jacket that I wear. One, it's because I want people to be able to see me in the dark of night so they, you know, don't run me over. But B, it's for the same reason of, you know, if police are following me or something, you know, hey, do you really think I would commit a crime in this really bright, obvious orange jacket? Probably not. But you know what? You're right. Exactly. And for me, all the people who I know who could potentially either give me an alibi, which there really are, are few and far between, but there are people who wouldn't answer their phone if the police came a calling. I've already been told exactly. by at least two people, if you commit a crime, don't call me because I'm, I'm not bailing you out because you probably deserve well, to be there. So that's not and helpful. And the other problem is that half the people who could provide me with alibis wouldn't. They'd be like, oh, no, it was him. It was totally him. Take him away. <laughs> you know? I would. <laughs> I'd give you an I would. I would bail you out or I would at least, you know, take your call, possibly. <laughs> Answer the phone. It's the crow call asking for bail. (laughs) (laughs) The crow call doesn't ask for bail. So that might be the new tagline. Um, Okay. (laughs) What does answer the phone on many occasions or will probably in the days ahead start robocalling are candidates for office. We just got done with one election. I had to drive all the way back to Philadelphia to vote because I couldn't vote at the new place because I haven't been here long enough and went down and uh, cast my vote, got the little sticker. They asked if I wanted one in English or Spanish or both. I said, of course, both. Um, Of course. Why not? One for, you know, each side, one for each time I voted. No. Um, (laughs) But while I was there, the Homeowners Association, they saw me, they got word that I was there, and they roped me into shenanigans because I'm still on the Homeowners Board. But we've got a lot of interesting political things. And we have been tweeting Donald Trump all day. He is more than welcome to call in unless he is too busy. <laughs> Donald, you if you're imagine, listening. Or- wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome if, 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 if all of a sudden Matt the Engineer said, um, damn, we have, we have Donald Trump on the phone. <laughs> That'd be amazing. He would call me an idiot or you an idiot. I think he'd like me. I think he'd call you an idiot. I don't think he will call me an idiot based on what I'm about to say. I think he would call me an idiot based on what I've said in the past, but based on, you know, what I'm thinking tonight, I don't think he would. So, uh, folks out there, you know, he is probably too busy to call in, but if his people are listening, 866-472-5788, we'd love to talk to you, Mr. Trump. He (laughs) is busy prepping for his big SNL gig Tomorrow, which strangely enough, Richard, is Saturday. It's interesting how Saturday Night Live is always usually on a Saturday. Has it always uh, been that way? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I think so. It would be weird to have a Saturday Night Live on Tuesday afternoon, 
But weirdly enough, they do do that sometimes. They put those Saturday Night Live specials on Thursday, and it's very confusing. I think that's why they called it That's why they started calling it SNL, so they can put it on any day. It's like that old rumor, the the urban legend of why KFC or Kentucky Fried Chicken went to KFC. It's because they didn't really use chicken anymore, and because people are idiots and and think strange things. It was just because KFC. The real reason. The real reason they did that was they wanted, in this health-conscious society, they didn't want people to hear the word fried. So they went to KFC, so you don't think of fried. I like fried. I think the new Colonel Sanders commercials are are somewhat creepy. But going from creepy Colonel Sanders to candidate Donald Trump, you have something. It sounds as though you – of course it is. They're both – Finger looking good, according to many, many women, I suppose. They both anyway. have hair. They have both have big hair. <laughs> I guess they do. But here's uh, the thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so tell me. Ever since Donald Trump announced that he was going to be on Saturday Night Live, you know, there have been these groups, um, especially Hispanic groups, protesting his appearance and saying that um, SNL shouldn't have him on and that... You know that that it's you know, and and he has he has been in trouble almost at the very first moment he announced with these groups because of some of the things he said about immigration uh, in his initial "I'm running for president" announcement. And here's the thing that I wish I could get them to understand, and this comes up time and time again. Not always, you know, not not just about Donald Trump, about pretty much any controversial thing. They are shooting themselves in the foot. They're rallying, and they're getting as much press as they possibly can, saying, we do not want Donald Trump to do Saturday Night Live. NBC should dump him. Well, all they're doing is is ensuring, they are guaranteeing, that just like the debates have done since Donald Trump joined them, the numbers are going to go through the roof. More people, they're making more people aware of the fact that he's on. Controversy always courts bigger numbers, and this is very true in television. I shouldn't say always, but usually. If you look all the way back... At, 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 at one of the first times this became a big deal was Married with Children. There was a housewife who was furious that Married with Children was going to be aired, uh, and, and she began a protest about it, and she organized an entire organization. And what she really succeeded in doing was ensuring that this show would be Fox's first really big hit because she raised awareness of it. And that is what these groups are doing. I get the reason that they're protesting him. I get that they want to you know, sort of convince NBC that they should dump him. But but all they're really doing is making everyone at NBC, they're thrilled. NBC is like, yes, give us more publicity, give us more publicity, knowing that every time they get media coverage of this protest, that the numbers for the show are going to go up. Because they're really in a situation like this, the old adage that there's no such thing as bad publicity really does hold true. It's interesting, too, because a lot of people have sort of seized upon the fact that he has no real political experience. You know, for better or for worse, forever how you feel about him, Donald Trump does own a company that is worth far more money than most of us can even dream about. But the argument has been no one would really ever elect someone who was an entertainer or, I mean, people, he is a businessman, but he also is known for numerous appearances on reality television and such. But I was doing some research a while ago. It came across my desk. We're not the only ones that seem to be taken by celebrity. Last month in Guatemala, of all places, <laughs> they selected Jimmy Morales, I should say elected, not really selected, but he is a comedian with no political experience whatsoever, and he thumped his opponent at the poll. It was something like 70% to 30% 
Uh, the person he beat was a former first lady. And now that he's been elected, and this is only being brought up in the sense of perhaps it's it's something people should think about regardless of who they're picking, whether it's for president or you know local sheriff or whatever the case, Jimmy Morales doesn't have any plan in place of what he's going to do as president of Guatemala. Didn't put out anything, any real strong policy in any of his debates. Didn't come up and say, hey, I'm running on this. We're going to, you know, reform immigration or all the things that we hear here, you know, raise minimum wage. None of that. He's just was likable and funny and people voted for him. And now they've got somebody running the country who may or may not have any idea how to run a country. So, you know, and we also have Jesse Ventura here in the U.S. He was, what, elected governor of Minnesota. So we do have a history of picking people who may or may not necessarily be qualified. Sometimes, you know, people who don't seem to be qualified turn out to be quite good. It's, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting. weird. It's, it's interesting. My thing is, I mean, I... And I've said this for a while. I, you know, obviously, I have no idea. I, I can only speculate. But I, I, given Donald Trump's history, um, and you know, he's threatened to run for president before. You know, he did it last did last time, but um, at the time, he, he, he's done this before. This is not a new thing for him. Um, I truly, honestly believe, in my heart of hearts, that he had no intention of. You know, he didn't want to be president. He didn't want to get the nomination. He did this, you know, as as he does with a lot of things. It was sort of a, you know, look at me, grandstanding, you know, attention-getting thing. And it spiraled out of control. I don't think even he could have had any idea that, you know, he would be first and second in all of the national polls, that he would be this, like, you know, this, this, this huge sensation because of the bizarre climate in the country and people wanting somebody who's not a politician. And I think what has happened is he is in a position now where, oh, my God, this could happen, and I don't necessarily want to be president. And, and, and I feel as if, as much as he might want to get out, we also know, there's, you know that Donald Trump has two things. He has a whole lot of money, and he has a very big ego. I mean, I think he would even have to admit that he has a very big ego. You know, look at every building he builds, he puts his name on it. And, and someone with a huge ego has a difficult time when they've gotten into a situation like this. It would be very difficult for him to suddenly say, oh, you know, I know you all want me to be president, and I know I said I wanted to be president, and I know you're all supporting me, but uh, no, I'm, I'm going to back out now. How, if, if that is the case, if he really does not want to be president, how does he get out of it? Because he can't say, he can't say, you know, right. I really, I've thought, I've given this thought, and my, my companies need me and, and my businesses need me because he said from the very beginning that that was not an issue, that he was surrounded by good people. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know where this ends. It's, it's a fascinating. I agree, though. I mean, there is something just that is irritating about people putting their name on everything. I mean, here at Kroll Manor when I'm doing <laughs> Kroll Call. <laughs> Do you have a bottle of Kroll water I can borrow? My throat's a little parched. <laughs> yes, I will make sure that the crollicopter brings it to you. Uh, no, I mean, more than anything else, you know, we typically really don't talk politics here on the show. Sometimes it comes up. Sometimes we have people who have politics in their background who, who land here. Uh, sometimes people become politicians after being on the show. Melissa Gilbert is a great example. She was a guest on our very first show. She was running for Congress. I have to look to see how she did. I didn't... Uh, Somebody Google that while I'm, I'm talking. I can't Google and talk at the same time. I can it. barely talk. Um, 
But the thing that bothers me most, more than anything else, is that it is just November 2015 now. So we are a year removed from the elections as of right now. And we've been doing debates, I think, for two months, maybe three months. People have been announcing their intentions to run for president even longer than that. We have drawn out the political season so that it seems like it yeah. is nonstop. And because people are campaigning and running around and you know doing SNL appearances or appearing on Jimmy Kimmel, as Hillary Clinton did last night, people aren't really doing what they should be doing. Now, Donald Trump and, and Hillary Clinton aren't are necessarily the best examples because they're not doing anything else in terms of, of being elected at the moment. But all these other people who've been elected – they're not able to do what they're doing because they're trying to move on to their next job. And to me, I don't know, to me there just seems something wrong when things aren't getting done and and people are already out doing their own personal little thing. I think you need to, you know, either put yourself first or put everybody else first. And putting yourself first means you shouldn't be running for anything. That's all. I agree. I I would like to point out, by the way, that um, for those who are following the elections and politics and the debates and all that, you know, the the GOP debates have gotten a lot of attention, obviously, because, you know, there's there's some very interesting candidates in Ben Carson and Chris Christie and Donald Trump. The the Democratic debates haven't gotten quite as much attention, but there is one tonight. There's one tonight at 9 o'clock on MSNBC being hosted by Rachel Maddow. So, you know, if you're you're looking for to see, you know, Bernie Sanders and Martin O'Malley and uh, uh, who's that woman? Oh, yeah, Hillary Clinton, and and sort of see their debate, uh, there is one tonight at 9 o'clock on MSNBC. We will not be li- I will not be live tweeting it. I will probably be listening to my 80s countdown. I don't know what year it's from this year on Sirius XM, but if those of you who know, uh, I do enjoy the music and will typically live tweet 80s countdowns on Friday and then the 70s and the 90s on Saturdays because I'm I working. I love when you do that. I absolutely love when you do that. It's, it's like little flashbacks in my – I mean, we here at, here at our household – we um, we have Sirius as well, and we're usually in the 40s. We listen to 40s music a lot, and I don't know when it started. Um, you know, maybe it started when we got Sirius. Maybe it started when we um, got into Sleep No More, the 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 production that's been running for a couple years in New York City. But but uh, it has been 40s music for us all the time. Uh, but I really enjoy when you when you um, tweet the countdowns. Nice flashback. Well, if you want a flashback, you can follow me at Dan J. Kroll. Uh, you never know what I'll pop up with there. And we're also coming up with a fun music show for the day after Thanksgiving that's coming up. We'll have some more details about that. But if you are upset, as I am, about the political season seeming to run on forever and ever, you may also be upset, like me, that the Christmas season and Christmas shopping oh. and all of the other holiday stuff seems to start earlier and earlier And I dare take it one step forward uh, from that. You may also be outraged, incensed, ready to just riot over the fact that once again, I am not on Oprah's list of favorite things. Very upset about that. Um, This is what her like 50th year of doing this. And yet again, somehow there are things that are more favorite to Oprah than than I am, Richard. Yeah, you are, you are on my list of favorite things. And, and, and in fact, I think anybody out there listening right now, if Dan is on your list of favorite things, I think you should send him a tweet, and I think you should use the hashtag, you're my favorite thing. 
I think oh. that would be very nice. It would make Dan feel better. But here's a story that... Well, um, hold on. Before you do that, real quick. If you are in a restroom of a Walmart, <laughs> please do not tweet what your favorite thing is, because we really don't want to know. Continue. I'm sorry. Uh, well, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that both elections and Christmas have in common are that a lot of money is spent on both. Mm. And so here's, here's a, a lovely little tale of a woman in, I believe she's in England. Uh, no, Aust, Aust, Austrian, excuse me. And I don't know what the Austrian accent is, to be honest. I know that Austrian, the she's, was in Austria, she's but. She's sort of German. Think of, think of Dr. Obrecht, kind of, sort of. Oh, okay. Well, I did a music video channeling Obrecht, so I should be able to do that, but I am not going to. Um, anyway, <laughs> this grandmother did. decided that, like, I, I guess she just sort of hated her family <laughs> and didn't want to, they, she didn't want them to inherit her money, basically. So she had 950,000 euros, which is, you know, a little more than the million dollars in American money. And rather than leave it to her heirs, she shredded it. She Shut shredded your mouth. It. Shut, uh, I know, right? Shut the front door. Unfortunately, her plan did not work. Uh, <laughs> um, she, she did her best, but um, Aust- Austrian Central Bank basically said they would replace the cash. They said that if the heirs can find shreds of money and if the origin of the money is, is assured, which it would be, they, you know, because it came out of the bank, then it would all be replaced because otherwise they would be punishing the wrong people. And, and I'm sort of annoyed by that because I'm like, you know what? It's my money. If I want to get, if I don't want my family to have it, then I should be able to, you know, will it to, to somebody else though? Then don't you know, just don't well, leave I it out there. I guess that's true. Uh, I, I, I suppose that's true. And I really should be a little more sensitive about this because I got lots of calls last week. Apparently, my family is doing my my parents are doing like estate planning and all that. <laughs> and I'm at the office and my mother will call and I'll be like, yes, mother. She'll be like, don't use that tone on me. I need to know your, you know, social security number for my, for my estate planning. And, and I asked her, I said, you know, so do I get everything? She's like, well, no, really, your sister's going to be in charge of our estate. <gasps> um, but she has to do, she said, but, but she has to do what we say or it all gets taken away. And I was like, damn, you have figured out ways to punish her and me from even beyond the grave, haven't you? <laughs> well, when she, when she asked you for your social security number, what did you say? What, what did you tell her? Uh, I told her 000 6472 oh, s- Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. I had to K-R-O-L-L. Okay. <laughs> I've got some calls to make afterwards. So if you're wondering what did make Oprah's favorite list, uh, her list of favorite things this <gasps> year... They include a deep dish cherry pie from Sweet Lady Jane that's about 60 bucks, a snow tube from L.L. Bean. It's a heavy-duty rubber tube that you can go, you know, sledding and stuff. It's about 150 bucks. Um, there is a electric scale. It's sort of a, a retro kitchen scale for 65 bucks. There are, of course, lots of bits of clothing and, and little scantily clad bits and pieces for your nether regions. There is uh, wait, a wait, knife. Wait, 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 wait. On Oprah's list of favorite things, there are, like, things to cover your naughty bits? Sure. Why not? I just don't think, I, I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but I don't think of Oprah and lingerie in the same sentence, and I don't want to, honestly. Okay, so well, then, do you, do you ever find yourself thinking of Oprah's naughty bits? Well, I can't think of anything else now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why she's covering them up, since so you don't have that visual. 
I guess. Oh, I guess that works. Okay. All right. Gail? Um, no. The knife block set. It's a Scandia Talvi knife block oh. set. 13 How pieces. Much? 150 bucks. There's a, a T-Fall electric grill for $180. It's this really cool Fujifilm little smartphone printer where I'm guessing you can take your little selfie and it sort of Polaroids it over to this printer. It's 350 bucks. You can find what's all the of these things. What's the cheapest thing on the list? What's the cheapest thing? Like, give it a quick glance and what's the cheapest thing you see? There are um, pajamas for babies for 13 bucks. All right, that, that's reasonable. I mean, I feel like her list is a little elitist. It's a little one-percenter, you know? Um, well, no, I mean, here's the thing. People spend, I, I forget what the total is, but people are spending usually upwards of two to $300 per person, according to national averages when they figure out the spending, how much people spend, and how many people. So a lot of these things, like here's one, I got to tell you, it's a 24 different shades of nail polish from someplace called Butter London. It's $150 for 24 tubes or bottles, whatever they are of, I don't use nail polish. Sorry, gang. Um, that sounds like a lot of money. But there are other things like the, the, the printout thing, the little smartphone printer that we're talking about for 350 bucks. I mean, it's a lot of money, but here's the thing. You buy somebody a PlayStation. $350 to print out your selfies. Well, Who are you, Kim Kardashian? There, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there that they just love taking selfies, that they will inundate you with their selfies. I'm sure. <laughs> we all know them. I'm sure there are. I, uh, I, we all know them. Uh, here's the thing. I, I mean, do you think that these are actually Oprah's favorite things? Or do you think that, you know, like, like we put out, in, our, in, in Soaps and Death magazine, we put out every year a Christmas gift guide. And it's like, you know, here are things that if you have a soap lover in your life that, that you know, you might like these. And I have never purchased any of those things. I, I, I mean, do you think that she actually uses these things or that she has, like, some intern who's like, oh, this is cool, let's no, put it on Oprah's I, I think I think people either send her things or I think she comes across things. I remember when she discovered the, the iPad for the first time or iPod, I can't remember. Like, she was in her own little world. She's like, oh, my God, can you believe that I can put CDs on this little machine? So I think that she probably comes across them. I'm sure that when she encounters her multitude of celebrity guests and friends, that she may see things on them or she may come. I'm sure people also send things. I would bet that there's a mailroom at Harpo devoted just the things that people send in <sighs> wanting to be part of her favorite things. But Can I got to tell you. imagine? Oh, my God. You, there used to be, what was the show? Oh, Ugly Betty. Remember in Ugly Betty, they used to have that room that you could go in and it was all the, like, samples from all the different yes. fashions that the magazine was asked to. Could you imagine going in Oprah's, like, the, 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 the gift basically the gift suite at Harpo and being given five minutes to take anything you want. I mean, I would be stuffing things anywhere. You could get them. I would take a bag. I would, I would be, throw them. Yes. You wouldn't so, have to worry about seeing my naughty bits. Cause they'd all be covered by all the stuff I'm taking. That was probably a terrible way to end this show, but naughty yeah, bits or not Richard, <laughs> what are so we only have about two minutes left for you. So one of our favorite things is to chat with you on multitudes of, of, of celebrity accounts and such on the Twitters <laughs> and where else. Where can people find you? Well, you can find me at the top of Oprah's favorite things list. <laughs> um, but you can also find me at Facebook, facebook.com slash Trelfie, P-R-A-L-F-I-E. My, you can find me at How Rude Are You? Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, Soaps in Depth ABC, Soaps in Depth CBS, uh, 
and a multitude of other Twitter accounts pretty much send something out into the universe, and either I'll see it or Dan will see it and send it to me. Uh, and, you know, I just want to say that one of my favorite things is always when we get to hang out and chat because it just, the time flies, and I just, I just, I, I think... I know we make each other laugh. I hope we make everyone else laugh because I know I have an awesome time whenever we do this. I enjoy it, too. And just wait for our live on location thing when Richard comes down to Kroll Manor and we do it poolside. That is going to be a great time. But in the meantime, if you missed any part of the show, if you want to share it with your friends, if you want to listen to any of the other shows that we've done, Richard has been on many of them as well. Head over to CrollCall.com. You can go to archives and you can download there are, I don't know, there's like 300 episodes of this craziness, so you may find something that catches your fancy. Lots of interviews, lots of guests, lots of celebrities. You can also follow us on the Twitter machine at Kroll Call Show. You can follow me at Dan J. Kroll. You can find me on Facebook. You can go to our Facebook page. If you haven't liked our Facebook page, please do so. It's Kroll Call. I believe it's just Kroll Call at Facebook. Search for Kroll Call. We'll be there. In the meantime, the next time the phone rings... Unless you're stuck in my chimney or standing in line waiting for Black Friday discounts, pick it up because it could be Oprah. No, it could be the Crawl Call. We'll <laughs> see you next week. Bye. <laughs> we reach a high-